1: all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.
0: Yumiko's latest pinch collection includes all of your favorite styles reimagined with a classic pinch front neckline. In a dual launch with their brand new official 2020 colors, a few colors have made a triumphant return and new options have also become available. Start off the new year with a fresh look in the studio and personalize your own pinch-front Leo through your local store or browse the various ready-to-wear options available online. Shop online at yumico.com. I'm Rebecca King-Ferraro.
1: And I'm Michael Breeden, and you're listening to Conversations on Dance.
0: Hi, Michael. Hi, Rebecca. It's just us this week.
1: It's been a minute since we've had a sort of checking in.
0: Yeah. Pod. And you know, it's it's 2020, so I think it's time to catch up.
1: It's a new decade, or is it?
0: <laughs> so we've both been crazy busy somehow. I text you and sometimes don't hear back for a couple of days, you know? For days. So <laughs>
1: that could be have more to do with the fact that I don't feel like talking to you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> sometimes I wonder, Michael, sometimes Just I wonder. Just kidding. Cause I like texting. <laughs> I'm like, let's do this work thing. And you're like, no more work, please. Bye. <laughs> yeah. No,
1: things, hopefully things are uh, slowing down for me.
0: Good. But well,
1: that's, but wasn't there, there was a good meme that was going around that was like, uh, when you're trying to organize, uh, something with your friends, like in, within the next two weeks, <laughs> uh, things are really going to slow down for me, me uh, every every month every until month. I die.
0: <laughs> it really feels that way, right? It's like you try to plan things and then it just can't happen. So we thought it would be a great time now to catch up, and plus we did have a request for a catch up like episode um, in light of Michael's recent uh, article on Point Magazine about coming out of retirement for Nutcracker.
1: Right, yeah. I, this was my first year. It's uh, obviously it's a super common thing for freelance dancers. I wouldn't consider myself a freelance dancer. I'm a person who occasionally dances, but in it's a not, freelance
0: capacity. <laughs> in a
1: freelance capacity, but it, you know, it's a different. Yeah. I don't know. It's not my main source of income or what I aspire to do. I think things that just kind of happen as we go along. Right. I'm not seeking it out necessarily, mm-hmm. but um. I ended up doing the you know the Nutcracker circuit this year, which is like every freelancer's bread and butter, and I had such a good time. Mm. I really enjoyed each each of my Nutcrackers. I did three different gigs, and they were all very different. First of which, um, I did in Allentown, Pennsylvania, nice, and with Evelyn Kosak, who is my best friend, and we have an episode wrapped with Evelyn back from. When we were in Vail.
0: Yeah. So we got to get so that out soon. We'll get
1: that out eventually. Future
0: That's, friend of the pod. <laughs>
1: this, this is our, you know, our happy dilemma. We get so much content in Vail that it takes a long time to churn it all out. Yeah. But anyways, I did Nutpaw with Evelyn. I had never done a Nutpaw professionally. Um, so that was exciting. I hadn't done it. Yeah, I realized I hadn't done it since uh, 2003, when I was a student. Aww, so a long time. <clears throat> so it's nice to do with Evelyn. Yeah. Uh, obviously we have a really special connection. And even though we, we aren't ideal partners in terms of heights,
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: it really doesn't ever seem to bother either one of us. You know, I don't think if we were in the same company, we would ever be cast together, but.
0: But that's, what's so really fun about those, together. yeah, those sorts of gigs, right? I mean, that's something that people talk to, about like in Vail, for example, since we're talking about that. Um, Mm -hmm. Any sort of like gig that you get to go on when you're dancing with people that you wouldn't normally get to because of the opportunities that present themselves just like makes it an extra fun experience, right?
1: Right. Uh, We had so much fun. We had a great time. The first three shows were, um, they were at uh, no 10 a.m. or 9.30 a.m. Very early shows. But then it's kind of like, I mean, Evelyn and I are both Neurotic, you know, we. I don't, I wouldn't say that we have, there is an element of stage fright, but when you are returning to the stage after, you know, we had done, we had just done Tom Gold Dance, but to be back doing a full potata,
0: yeah, it's insane. You know,
1: potata variation, <laughs> variation, coda after not being a real dancer, you're, it's pretty intimidating. So, I, the, what I was going to say, the funny thing was like, actually, in a weird way, those early shows helped because you're not really a person. Right. You're just like a zombie. So you can't you don't go to the same. You can't be as overwhelmed with right. neurotic energy. We still managed, but <laughs> I think it was a little bit less. Uh, one thing that was super special and rare <clears throat> for a gig, I would imagine, is that we had live orchestra so um,
0: cool
1: and they were they were elevated so we could see them and actually there was one musician uh i think he was percussionist because he you know percussionists you only come in at very specific times mm-hmm. and he would always watch us and there just like he was such a, a calming presence we loved him Aww. like at the very beginning of the potato de when you just start to come out and do like a couple of with each other yeah we would like look him in the eye there and Aww. it was very nice to feel connected to the orchestra in that way in a way that you don't usually get to have
0: did you guys get to talk to him and we did yeah yeah,
1: yeah. he he was just so sweet he was he, i think that for musicians too i'm um,
0: I'm sure They're normally not able to see anything. Yeah, exactly. Right. They're just like down in the pit. Um, one question: I don't want to interrupt the whole thing because I want to hear about the rest of the gigs. But I am curious because, as a retired dancer myself, the thought of doing Nutcracker potato feels so far away from my body and like <laughs> out of the realm of possibilities. And I know that you have been dancing, but still, even doing doing that potato, it's it's a it lot. Was, so, how did what what It's Weird. Did you I don't do? know
1: like not enough (laughs) but we were fine too um it's just it was weird i don't know it's like um so we actually we were coached in it by antonia franceschi i hope i'm not butchering her name and we antonia is evelyn and my one of our favorite teachers um I haven't been able to go to her class as often as I would like recently because of my scheduling, but that's another story. Evelyn's <laughs> able to go still all the time and we, we love Antonia. Mm-hmm. She worked for Balanchine.
0: Does um, she teach at she, Steps?
1: She teaches at Perry Dance, which oh. is downtown. Okay. So it's closer to Evelyn. It's, uh-huh. a, it's the right place when you live in Brooklyn, uh-huh. whereas I live a block away from Steps. Right. So Yeah. Um, but Antonia, so she was the ballerina in the fame movie mm-hmm. and she was also in Greece. Awesome. Um, so she's, she's just such a, she, I mean, she's a, a very gifted, wonderful teacher, but she has such a personality that, uh, it's, it's just such like an old school Balanchine ballerina. She just has that aura, that perfume about her. Right. And so she came and worked with us, which was super special. Um,
0: so how does that work? That? Like how often, she did, sorry, go ahead.
1: No, no, that was it. Yeah, that that was it.
0: (laughs) How often were you guys rehearsing? And I know too, there's like an element of when you're doing freelance work like this, you're not working with a company that just has studio space that you can use. How does that work too?
1: We got really lucky because Evelyn discovered that as a student of Hunter College, she can have free reign of their studios if she books it far enough in advance. And they have really beautiful dance studios. Wow. Like really surprising to me Um, they have a dance program I I guess they obviously do but I I don't know much about it so Uh that was really and if we do it again next year Evelyn will still be at Hunter so that was just like a super ideal situation obviously for her great to just like roll over after class
0: right and normally wouldn't you have to pay like what you would have done if you didn't have that you don't yeah
1: yeah so we we got lucky in a couple ways um I had my 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 costume that I used was um, a a loan from a friend Leonard Chu who used to work at the New York City Ballet costume department and he lives in Singapore now. But his his roommate had this costume. I think he had two costumes actually, just like sitting in his closet, his old roommate. So he's like, yeah, just go over to Phil's and pick it up. You can totally have it. I want someone to wear it. And so it's just like so nice because I, I you know a that's just a really panic inducing thing, like having to find your own costume. But of course, I would have had to rent a pay rental fee. Right. So it was, you know, it feels ridiculous to be paying into a job as much as you do for freelance. Oh, this was a fun, fun fact Mm -hmm. for me doing my taxes. Because correct me. I mean, I I hope this is real that you can claim your classes, right? That makes sense.
0: Yeah, I mean because it's, it's, c- it's
1: considered continued education. ongoing education. Yeah,
0: I hope the IRS isn't listening in case we're wrong.
1: Yeah, no, we're not wrong.
0: We're right. <laughs> we get audited. I spent,
1: yeah, guess how much I spent on classes last year? Oh my god, how much? Seventeen hundred dollars.
0: <gasps> Ugh, that's so like, tough. That's
1: just that's just money that that is a gig, right? That's like right. That's what you make on some gigs, mm-hmm. but.
0: Um, wow. And you're so, and it's not like you're going every day either, right? Like how often no, would you say you go? Twice a week? No. <laughs> yeah.
1: De- definitely not. Yeah. Um,
0: wow. Yeah, I mean, it just
1: depends, you know, obviously like in the months leading up, like right before Nutcracker, Evelyn and I had done Tom Gold Dance. So we were taking regularly right. Um. leading up to that. But, uh, and then I do think about, yeah, there are times where like when I stayed at ballet, I'll just take class there and that's free. Or if I'm working with Valley collective, I take with them or I mm-hmm. teach and take or whatever. Yeah. Like if I was truly freelancing and, you know, having to just do gig work, like that number could easily balloon, I would imagine to like 2,500 or even
0: 3,000. Oh, that's I'm sure. Horrible. Oh my gosh. Wow. That's insane. So um, one other thing that this is not to totally change uh, shift gears here. But I was also thinking that um, one thing that people may not know about this gig life is that you don't, since it's obviously in another location from where you guys live, you do all of your rehearsals off-site. And then how does it work when you go to the, the school that you're gigging at or the company? And then how do you kind of get like added into the whole performance?
1: Uh, I mean, we were just so lucky. Evelyn and I were on that on that gig I think that you know it's a that it was the right people the director um both the director Jennifer Haltzman and Trinette whose last name I'm not certain of but she was a uh, one of Joffrey's muses she was on the the first ballet dancer on the cover of Time Magazine so oh she has this like you know pretty impressive legacy behind her Mm -hmm. and then is just like this really unassumingly sweet helpful woman um they were just super relaxed and made us feel very at home yeah uh and it was just simple they just uh you know we did like a little walkthrough for the opening and finale and then uh we went with talk to the orchestra for tempos and then we just did our dress rehearsal that was it
0: so there wasn't really much i guess that's that's one thing that's so great about nutcracker gigs especially when you're doing the pas de deux, is that you can kind of bring whatever version that you do and then there's really just those moments like you're talking about the beginning of act two and then the end of act two where you kind of come in was there any uh choreography that you guys had to learn or did they send you a yeah, video we, were,
1: we were they sent us a video uh-huh. but we were up on a bus uh you know on the bus to um <laughs> to allentown just like trying to learn. cram yeah
0: <laughs> were you guys standing up and doing it or no we were just sitting down
1: no we were sitting I mean, it was pretty straightforward yeah. it wasn't it's just it's so weird how nutcracker it's just like i did three different versions but it's just the easiest thing in the world to learn because you couldn't if you wanted to you couldn't divorce yourself from your all your years of experience right like that music is just in your body yeah like it it took two seconds to learn all that stuff
0: yeah it's so funny um i find now like i haven't gone i haven't seen the nutcracker really like i haven't gone to see miami city ballet or new york city ballet since i stopped for some reason that one's like it's really hard for me that's like the one thing that's hard to see which is silly um but last year and this year, I went to see the Nutcracker that at the school that I teach at, and um, I just started teaching there. And these kids are really so fantastic. And I just think for like for a school, they use all of the music. You know, there's no like they don't have to cut it out or make it abbreviated or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they add really nice elements that give the kids like just a few extra featured moments that's just so cool. Like they have the maid in point shoes and it starts with the maid doing like a variation just like a little one. but it's just cute. Uh-huh. Then, you know, then she does all the main things that she has to do, but she feels like, you know, she had like a little moment, which I, and so there's a whole bunch of things like that incorporated into it. Um, and it's just so good, but it was funny. Like when I was watching it, I just find myself like, I don't even realize I'm watching and totally enjoying what I'm seeing. And then I like realize that in my mind, all of the balancing choreography is just happening, like completely involuntarily. It's just so memorized in there, right? Mm -hmm. That you can even be processing like something, like a different version and still see that in your mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah,
1: we really spent a lot of time with it. It was funny, like I took, well, I had a really nice moment um, with my family. We took my niece Harper, to see New York City Valley's Nutcracker for the oh. first time and Harper asked me or I think she asked me what I had danced in it yeah and it was just like everything you know yeah in the party scene alone I had done Party Parent uh Grandpa Boydall Soldier uh and now this now year Grosselmeyer you know <laughs> so she probably really thought is, that was, like, like,
0: an easy question to ask you, right? You'd be like, oh, I was this one thing. And you were like, oh, I, no, did, I everything, did everything,
1: ultimately. Yeah. So that was, that's cool to look back and think on.
0: Yeah, it really like, is. All those nice. years, you know. When was, your fir- when was your first Nutcracker? How old were you? Do you remember?
1: I was seven. I was a party boy. I mean,
0: that's pretty young, especially for a boy, right? I feel mm-hmm. like.
1: Yeah. but it, And now and think back on it. It's kind of funny that we actually had um, – I mean, it might have only been four party boys, but all boys in yeah. Kentucky—that's pretty impressive. It might have been five, even.
0: Yeah, I was at this, um, my when I was watching the performance of this school. I was like, "Look at them! They even have boys!" Like, right? <laughs> I mean, New York so... City Ballet
1: didn't have boys for ages. They had little girls in hats.
0: Yeah, in hats. Yeah, exactly. That's what we do at Miami City Ballet, right? There's only like a couple sometimes, a couple boys for all, because yeah. it's like you know a bigger cast too. Mm-hmm. That is kind of amazing that there were four. Wow,
1: that's awesome. So my my niece, I guess. She was pretty spoiled because I was able to. Um, well, Daniel who who is a soloist with New York City Valley. he's one of my really good friends. He was friend doing the friend of the pod. <laughs> he uh, was doing Spanish that day, so he uh-huh. brought my whole family back <gasps> with Harper and Sarah Adams, who was Sugar Plum. I, I don't know why, like she's just such a sweetheart. She decided to like make it her personal uh, mission to tour harper around the backstage area and take her like literally sugar plum hand in hand with harper (gasps) going like this is the throne do you want to go up on the throne with me and take a picture and like we can go look at the the you know they come in on a a walnut shell boat or and things like that and then my sister was really uh shook i think when wendy whalen was there yeah (laughs) And Wendy was like, "We could, we sh- we got to put her on," referencing Harper. Yeah, And yeah, yeah. And I, so it was just like a perfect moment.
0: And your you sister, know. of course, has connections to ballet as well,
1: right? She volunteers for Charlotte Ballet. She really knows her stuff,
0: right? Oh um, my gosh, that's the coolest thing ever! And so this was during like the intermission between Act One and Act Two, and just no, Sugar Pump after, had time after the show was. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Finito. Oh my gosh, but that's even cooler though because then she'd like seen the sugar plum on stage and then got yeah. to like meet her
1: and then um Aww. she said her favorite part was arabian and my friend megan lacrone danced it uh-huh and megan you know i guess it's a super common thing like that they all all the, the girls give their shoes away after yeah because um particularly younger kids in the show they want them mm-hmm. so megan saved her shoes from that day and signed them. And then I gave them to Harper as a Christmas gift and she was so adorable. She's four. Uh and She just was like, like she's typically unimpressed Uh by everything in life. I feel like she's just like, of course I deserve this. But um, (laughs) she, she opened it and she went like, she just was, you know, mouth agape. And then like a few seconds later was like, I was not expecting that. (laughs) it's really cute
0: that's really cute wow yeah she's gonna that's pretty spoiled like if she goes to any other nutcracker she'll be like "Ugh, this is nothing compared to the time I got to tour backstage and meet the sugar plum fairy
1: right and that tree it's just like so good you know New York City Valley's Nutcracker Balanchine's Nutcracker with on that level it's just like it's the best Broadway show you could go to yeah it's just I've seen a lot of show since I moved back up here and it's just like nothing even comes close to the nutcracker no like so ugh, the bed and obviously the tree and when the two windows come together um like in the final end of the like sort of transformation in the battle scene yeah. and they just crash on that big note mm-hmm. Ugh. It's really just so beautiful. It never gets old.
0: Yeah, isn't that amazing? How many Nutcracker, and you've been in a million of them too. And even still, it's like watching. It seems mm-hmm. magical. And I only missed.
1: I did have my first year when I moved to New York. I had a year where I didn't. Obviously, I wasn't dancing, but I also didn't see it. I think it was just too soon.
0: Yeah, it's too. It, much. Really, I,
1: you're, like yeah. you're right. It's just special. I, I understand. Like you saying it's silly but at the same time it's just too special
0: it's just like that one thing that you do every single year you know it's like i don't know i've been able to go see miami city ballet do ballets that i really love and i just kind of like look at it and i'm like oh i've i've got to do that ballet before so that's cool like i can say like i did that kind Uh of you know like i feel like i can mark it off the wish list but it's like with nutcracker you do it every single year so it's like if you were still there you would be on stage doing it you know and it was super and it's also weird like when it hits you I don't know if you have moments where it like hits you and you're like like this year was when I was watching battle scene I don't know why Uh I started to get like teary like that's weird (laughs) I Uh, think it actually was that maybe not I I realized it's like you can it was triggering because I gotta let the woman speak (laughs) 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 I realized it was triggering because that's the music when you're getting ready for snow Ah, uh, but it like took me a while to realize why. Right, you know. But also, uh, like, I don't want to be doing snow right now. That's painful as hell. But
1: maybe you do. Like, I th- this is what I think is like. Sometimes you go back to like I would love to do side Spanish right now. Oh my god! Which, same. of course, like at the end of my life. At the end of my life as a dancer, like I mean, I always enjoyed like the first show. Yeah. But then when you're, you're in your tenth year of doing Spanish core. Ugh. it's it's frustrating. I and mean, I actually always had this guilt of like, you can't give it. It's just not possible. Right. You, you can't give it the same thing that you gave it when you were an apprentice.
0: No. You know,
1: that like, it just doesn't work that way. Right. But I always still try to give as much as I could. But then, you know, now that I'm, very far removed from everything. It would just be so fun to go back and do that.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm sure that that's and like, that was what I was thinking of when you were saying that Sarah Adams just like wanted to take her on a full tour backstage. Like when you're so deep in the run of nutcracker, that makes you feel like that. And you're like wanting to die a little bit, like remembering Mm -hmm. why you're doing it. Like that little girl with her, you know, like eyes big and all dressed up, I'm sure. And like really excited, you know, that makes it like, You know, it reminds you why you're doing it to inspire these people. So, yeah, it's just a magical time. I I think
1: like when you're talking about what the different triggers are, and like sometimes like I'll just like the tree is beautiful. The tree ascending is beautiful to that music. Mm -hmm. But then you like when you look at Marie and you just think like this is the most. This is just something that she has for the rest of her life. It might be like the single most exhilarating moment of her life. Mm -hmm. That's very moving.
0: Yeah, she's eight and it's all downhill from there.
1: (laughs) Yeah, don't we know it. (laughs) All right, on that note, I have to run across town to go see Martha Graham. We'll see Charlotte.
0: Okay, Michael, I understand. So we'll talk with you soon and it was great catching up with you.
1: Okay, love you, Rebecca. Talk soon. Bye. Bye. (laughs)
0: Well, Michael had to uh, jet off to rehearsal with Ballet Collective and Martha Graham. There were a few other things that we wanted to mention, so I'm here by myself (laughs) to mention those things. Um, first of all, we'd like to welcome a new sponsor, the vayette Virtual Ballet School, uh, founded by Friends of the Pod and uh, people who are very close to us as well, Lauren fadley Vayette and Francis Vayette. We're super happy to have them on board with us. Um, we want to tell you guys a little bit about what they do. They offer um, world-class ballet training to every aspiring student, regardless of location. So these lessons are conducted live via Skype, um, so it can happen anywhere, anytime. For example, they have a um, student in California that does lessons with them in their living room. So it really is flexible wherever you are. They're your ballet tutor. They're focused on individualized elements of technique that need strengthening. So you can really personalize what you need when you're working with Lauren and Fran. They have mentoring sessions with both parents and students. If they need like a sounding board on things like summer programs, point shoes, etc., And also, they're offering this for professional dancers as well. Sometimes they have professional dancers. They get in touch with them. They want to work on a certain performance that's coming up. So they really do offer it all. It's super flexible because it's all virtual, all done via Skype. Um, So we hope you guys will check them out. Please please. Be sure to follow them on social media and also check out their website for more information on what they offer, veyettevirtualballetschool.com, and that's spelled V-E-Y-E-T-T-E, virtualballetschool.com, and we'll have the link for them in our... Um, description as well. So we want to thank them for coming on. And we're also, as always, truly thankful to Yumiko for continuing to support this podcast, making it available week after week, and we couldn't do them do it without them. So as always, we want to shout out Yumiko. Go check out their amazing new things that they have coming out month by month. Um, also, we have a lot of exciting things coming up, some live events that we are excited to be able to share with you soon. So be sure that you're following Conversations on Dance on social media, uh, where we will make some of these announcements about where we will be heading. So on Instagram, we're at Conversations on Dance. We are on Facebook Conversations on Dance. Also, be sure to join our Facebook group, Conversations on Dance Friends of the Pod. We're really starting to to grow it over there. And actually, this episode was requested through that Facebook group. So uh, we love being able to hear from you guys, kind of hear some some people post about what performances they've seen, um, things that interest them, different articles. So be sure to head on over there, join, and sound off on what you're interested in hearing about and what you're interested in talking with other COD friends about. Um, next week, we're really excited. We're going to be starting a higher education series where we will be talking um, to a few different people about different dance programs for colleges. Um, this is something that we we know can be um, kind of a difficult decision for dancers and parents alike when they're... When students are coming of that age where it's, do I go to college or do I go after my professional career? So we're really excited to offer some insight into different programs that allow you to maybe do both. Um, so please stay tuned for that. We're going to have at least three episodes on that, hopefully maybe four. So please stay tuned. Subscribe to this podcast uh, using your favorite podcast app so that you will automatically be notified when these new episodes come live. So thank you as always for your support. I'm sorry Michael can't be here to say goodbye to you all, but he had to run off to rehearsal. We understand. (laughs) Thanks guys. We'll see you next week.
1: Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget?